Hey friends, welcome to the Planet Podcast, aligning you in your mindset, nutrition, and wellness. I'm your host, Melanie Barrett, a holistic nutritionist, life, and health coach that is obsessed with helping women to confidently believe and trust in themselves to create positive change in all avenues of life. When it comes to feeling overwhelmed, being crippled by anxiety, paralyzed by what foods to eat, and how the hell to live a balanced, healthy life, I've been through it all and know that struggle personally. This is why I've dedicated my life to helping others just like you to make this world a better place, one mindset shift at a time. guys welcome to another episode of the plan ahead podcast today is going to be part two episode where i have my lovely guest delia jean on the show and i'm just going to do a little intro for her again just in case you didn't check out the last episode so delia is a mother art educator artist author and fearless diy warrior who chooses to view all parts of life as opportunities to learn. She has been a creative for 20 years, an educator for 10, and has used the pandemic as an opportunity to publish her first children's book, Be Still, Love Nature, and pursue her master's degree while focusing on personal growth instead of the downsides to this crazy time in our lives. So, yeah, here's Hello. Welcome, welcome. Happy to see you again. No. Or talk to you again. Right. We'll see and talk, you know. (laughs) So in our last episode when we talked, we really touched base on, so Delia was actually a client of mine. So we touched base a little bit on that and like kind of working through the journey with a coach and we figuring out kind of root causes of things and kind of what was going on with her. And we talked about... And, and then after that, we just really dove into so much mindset work. And the last episode was just so powerful. We just really reflected on how, you know, everything is um, just between what's going on up in your head, down to your gut, and how everything's just connected in general. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, we did touch base on a lot of stuff, but just a brief overview Um, It's just that, you know, your mindset and your physical health are so, so important, you know, Mm -hmm. and if you listen to the last episode, you'll hear us talk about, you know, how and in what ways everything is connected. It's such an intense connection. And I think that we tend to, in our busy days and lives, we tend to forget how connected our physical health and our mental health and our mindset really is. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, just being able to look, look at life through the lens of a learner and finding the good in things and, you know, just knowing that there it's okay to write stuff down and to have to-do lists and making things more approachable and, you know, thinking about your downtime. Um, and, you know, I think that when you start focusing on your physical health, you can really start diving into the mindset. You know, when you physically feel better, you're going to be able to have more room in your mind. Like, you know, we had mentioned in the last episode how, you know, mindset can take a little bit of work if you're new to it. If you think about a fixed mindset, um, you know, moving to that, that growth mindset is kind of like a muscle where you got to work out. That's the analogy used that I love so much. And, you know, it does take a little bit of work, but when you clear your brain of the stressors, and the physical illness and, you know, the food sensitivities or the gut issues or whatever it is that you're experiencing on a daily issue, you're kind of like you're cleaning out a room, you know, yeah. and then new things come to the forefront, new needs 
come to your, your vision where you're like, oh, I got to handle this. And I think that's where, uh, you know, mental health can come into play too, where you're going to start noticing that you need to honor what you need mentally and emotionally. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's so excited too, because a lot of times we don't really realize how much that is connected. And I love your analogy with like, you know, talking about cleaning out a room because that's essentially what it is, is we store so many things that have happened to us in our lives and feelings and emotions and unprocessed stuff. We just kind of shove it. I, to me, I always looked at it like my skeletons in my closet. You know, I would open up the closet door and I would just shove and shove and shove, or you open up that, that room, that door, and you just shove all the things in there and you close it and you're like, I'll deal with it later. And yeah, you might not be seeing it on the surface right now, but it's still in there, guys. It's still living within mm-hmm. you. Your body literally keeps score of everything that's gone on. And if you don't process certain emotions and certain feelings and certain traumas and just stuff of life, it's going to come back and creep on you. Yep. You carry it around. It's like extra weight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? So really figuring out how can I move through this and be better? So we actually wanted to talk about a little bit of our journeys and what we've been through. So not only have we done the client practitioner nutritionist relationship, but we've also, you know, been friends that go way back as we kind of stayed in the last episode, but we both have struggled with traumas and challenges related to mental health. And I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit how, you know, you have grown past that and same for myself. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think we connected with like just trying to feel physically well. And I came to you, you were my first coach ever. I mentioned that in the last episode. Um, And, and then we started talking about other things, you know, and mental health became this thing that we kind of had in common as far as our journeys, you know, and what we were doing at that time in our lives. And for me, I was about 32 and my stress level was out of this world. I mean, I, I was trying to do as much as I could do. Um, and I had, you know, stressors with people in my life, like family members and things like that. Um, and I just got to the point where I ended up essentially in the emergency room. I thought I was having a heart attack and, you know, it just got to the point one day where they, I felt horrible. And I was like, I'm, I'm literally dying right now. So go to the emergency room. They sit down, you know, needle, put all the needles in my arms, do all the tests. And, uh, you know, they come back a little later saying, you know what, you're healthy from top to bottom. You're a healthy person. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. I'm not leaving without some sort of answer. You can't just tell me I'm healthy after I had my, you know, the weight of my chest. It just felt so much pressure and just this really scary feeling like almost like the world was just closing in on me. Um, and you know, they ended up just saying like, look, I think you're just, you know, do you have more stress in your life than you're normally used to dealing with? Like what's going on? And from that day, I really started to reflect like, you know what, maybe I do have a lot of stress. Is this more than normal? And you know, that whole idea of like normal levels of stress, I think is different for everyone too. You know, you got to think about what you can handle as a person and where you are mentally with the stressors. We all have stress. Everybody Mm -hmm. has stress, you know? And so I ended up reaching out to a mental health counselor. I was 32 and it was the scariest thing I ever did. You know, just, just trying to, you know, think about what, what I needed was really, really scary. So what do you feel like brought you to actually finally reach that point? So you 
let's go in. Life's overwhelming and all these things are happening. You feel like you're having a heart attack. You're like, I'm going to the hospital. I don't know what to do. Yeah. After that point, what made you decide to do it? Like, was there any outside influences? How did this happen? Yeah. So, I mean, I was really like for me, and I think we all cope with stress in different ways. And for me, I cry. I'm a crier. That's how I let it out. I, I got to shed a few tears and I talk about it and then I feel better. And I was crying a lot. And my significant other, he's, he's so amazing. I love Doug. Um, but he ended up just sitting me down and like, you know, we had a long talk about just how my, my mental health and my venting to him and my, you know, seeing me cry every day, even though I wasn't like really crying to him, just watching me suffer mm -hmm. was taking a toll on him. And he mm. actually made the suggestion, like, you know, have you ever thought about reaching out to someone and, you know, I'll, I'll sit here and listen to you if, if you, th if that makes you feel better, but like, maybe, maybe there's more to this. Like maybe you can have some coping strategies and some tools to help you. And, um, that was kind of like the point in my life where I was like, you know what? He cares enough to like, listen to me cry and stress every day. Like mm -hmm. maybe I should just consider this. Um, and so, yeah, I picked up the phone and I did a little research on psychologytoday.com and I, you know, you can search for a practitioner, um, on there. And I kind of just, for me personally, I wanted someone who was, um, like non-religious based. And I just wanted, I wanted to talk about the, the real problems and I didn't want someone to tell me like, just pray about it and it'll get better. <laughs> and I, I think that's a personal preference. You know, if you are faith-based and you feel like that's where the route that you want to go by all means, more power to you. But for me, I needed someone to talk to me about these very real family dynamic struggles that I was experiencing. And I needed to understand boundaries. I'm a helper. I've always been a helper. I give and I give before I give to myself all the time. And I needed to learn that you got to have a healthy balance in that too. You know, so if you're that kind of person where you feel like you put everyone else before yourself, just know that eventually you're going to run out of gas and you know, you got to really, really just consider, you know, what does that mean for you and how can you get past that? Absolutely. And when it comes to it's just pushing yourself so far and like, I'm going to help everybody. I'm going to do all this. And this is where I see a lot of moms struggle too, where they're sitting there and they're like, okay, I got to, I got to cook. I got to clean. I got to do all these things, all the stuff. I got to take the kids and run around and this and that. And you do so much that at the end of the day, you're like, did I eat today? Or right? you, know, you don't end up eating <laughs> enough. And then you end up binging all night long because you didn't mm -hmm. set yourself up to eat. And that's what, you know, really burning the candle from both ends is about. And it's just, you try to take on too much and we can't, yeah. we can't do that. And I personally struggle with that too. Like I'm a strong empath. I always try to, I take on oh. other people's crap. I feel it yep. all. It's so hard. I try to help everybody. And, and then, you know what, it just leaves me burn out and dead in the end. And that's why I love you said. It's about really creating those good firm boundaries with yourself and right. people. Mm -hmm. Knowing, and it's okay to cut ties, you know, like, for mm -hmm. me, I had to learn that, you know, and I think we're all living in multiple worlds. We've got our real yes. world, but then there's like the social media world. And, you know, I've had to cut a few people off on social media and they like flip out, you know, like thinking we're not going to be friends. And I'm like, look, it's just, I don't, you know, I don't need this in my realm of social media. You could curate 
Another thing I do is I unfollow people. So like it's different than unfriending. Like on Facebook, you can actually unfollow someone and then you won't see their stuff anymore. So then you're mm-hmm. still friends. And like that issue of like, oh my God, you deleted me. Like that's what not- you do that? Yeah, like it doesn't even come up because you're still friends. You can still go to their profile, but you can actually click on the little three dots and unfollow someone so that you don't see their posts. Um, and that's I helped me a ton that. too. Like literally just curate what you, you experience in your day. You know, I mentioned in the last episode about your mental health plate. What's on your plate? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like your nutrition. What are you feeding yourself? Mm -hmm. And, you know, while we think we're built of stone and we can, we can watch anything and we can do this, we can do that. You have to be really in tune with what it is that you're cut out for that day. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'll watch videos of animals being rescued and, you know, brought back to life from starvation. And I'm sitting there like bawling my eyes out, crying happy tears. But then there's other times where I'm like, you know what? I don't have time for that right now. You know? And so you have to be really in tune with like, well, what is it that you feel like you can handle? Absolutely. And, you know, it's really listen to yourself. What what can I, what do I feel like handling in this moment? And then we talked to be like touch base on this in the last episode is that, you know, tune in, ask like, what do I need right now? Do I need to watch this video of this cute little animal being rescued? Is this going to lift me up or is this not what I need? So just really figuring out and creating those good firm boundaries with yourself to really take that, you know, to the next level for you. And that's Mm -hmm. what it's about. This is about you. This is your life. This is your game. And if so-so is on social media and they're bumming you out, snooze that that person. They can go bye-bye. Nothing personal guys, but you know what? This is your life. If you don't want to see that fitness model, that's all ripped and great. And she makes you feel like shit because you thought at first she was going to motivate you, but she actually makes you feel like crap. Bye-bye. Right. Turn it off. Turn it off. You got to get in tune with yourself. And I just think the stigma around mental health needs to change. You know, the conversation needs to be normalized. And um, I think that, you know, we're all suffering in our own way. We all have baggage. We all have trauma. And trauma, you know, isn't just dictated by a textbook list of things that happened to you in your life. You can have trauma from a small moment that stuck with you, you know, that was scarring. And it's just about understanding and giving yourself that grace and the ability and that time and space to deal with and understand that maybe you need some coping strategies, you know, and that's where Mm -hmm. it came in for me. It was like, I'm strong. I'm sane. I'm an achiever. I'm a go-getter. I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And it caught up with me, you know, and that's where, you know, I ended up reaching out and starting into my real mental health journey? For me, it was somewhat similar to, I reached out. So I have been in therapy on and off since I've been 15. So I've been playing the therapy game for quite a while, but you know, as I said before in the last episode, and I grew up in a very fixed mindset, I had a lot of trauma. And for me, I didn't think, you know, my trauma was a big deal. And, you know, trauma is, you know, I look at it on, you know, a spectrum almost or on a scale where, you know, people think trauma is you're a vet and you were in the war or you're Mm -hmm. locked in a closet every single day. That's not just trauma. Trauma can be something as simple as 
somebody telling you you were ugly or stupid in the second grade. So therefore that's a, a limiting belief in a program that sticks with you that you believe is your reality. Mm-hmm. And that, that, and then you, over time you go to protect that little story and that hurts you so much and affects you on the day to day. I don't yep. realize it. So it's just such a big broad spectrum of something that you can fall into and that it's okay to admit like this thing is holding me back. This is bumming me out. This is, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with um, a lot of people in my family who were like blamers, like they would push the blame onto other people and they never really focused on like their own, you know, responsibility in situations, whatever it was. And I realized that I grew up with almost like a guilt complex. That's what I called it. And I felt guilty about things that I had nothing to do with me. You know, like I would feel bad about just someone else going through something. And I think that's where you and I are sort of alike because I feel like I'm an empath too. You know, I, I'll embody things that happen to other people and then I'll actually feel like it's my responsibility to fix that. And, oh you know, God, that's right. where, that's where those boundaries come in. You know, you yeah. got to be able to, you know, don't be afraid to cut ties with people, even friends in real life. Like I've had a few friends over the years where I'm like, look, your stuff is starting to pull on me and weigh on me to the Mm -hmm. point where I'm stressing and I don't feel well. And then to back it up, make it even worse. It's like these friends that you talk to, you try and help them with stuff. They don't fix their own problems. You give them advice. You try to help them through, tell them what they need to do. They listen, they're thankful, they're appreciative of, you know, whatever you got going on that you're trying to give to them, any bits of knowledge. And then it's like, they just go back to doing what they were doing. So mm-hmm. then it's like, you know what, and this is something I've been really learning over the last couple of years is that you have to be willing to voice that and express like, look, your life, you, the way you're handling your life is something that I can't participate in right now. And I'm sorry, you know, yeah. I'll try to be there for you. I'll try to be your friend, but I need you to understand that you, wait, what's going on in your life has nothing to do with me. And I need to reassure myself of that. Yeah, absolutely. When you just sit there and take on other people's stuff, you don't even realize how much, how much it affects you. And I mean, I'm such a strong empath. If you're standing next to me and you're having an anxiety attack, I can feel it. That's yeah. how strong of one I am. So it's really hard to have, I call them Debbie Downers in my life. Yes. I can't, I've literally broken up with most of my friends. I the don't negative Nancys. Oh you know, God, the Debbie Downers <laughs> and those negative Nancys. Get out. Bye. I guess I can't take him anymore. And I said, I've had to break up with most of my friends because they were just bringing me down. They were complaining about their problems or woe is me and all the things wrong. And I'm sitting here trying to be all like, I vibe. I'm working on this, this I'm checking this out. And they're just like, I'm like, all right, you got to go. So that's, you know, we're coming into those firm, clear boundaries comes into play. And I feel like going through the therapy journey has really taught me how to make clear, precise boundaries with people right. really understand what's going on with me and releasing and letting that shit go. And what I think is cool is that I started out with regular talk therapy and I know you did as well. And we both kind of merged into this place where I think you have some trauma going on and we uh-huh. kind of fell into doing EMDR. Right. Yeah. For me, it was pretty quick. I went to like maybe two sessions and my therapist, my counselor, she suggested, she gave me some literature and she said, I want you to read about this and I want you to consider it because I had gone in there saying like, look, I'm sane. 
you know, and even throughout our sessions, throughout the future, I would ask her like, am I, you would tell me, right? If I was like crazy, if I had issues. <laughs> so I'm the same one. And it was just dealing with and coping with some of the people around me in my life that I can't, you know, like family, for example, sometimes you can't just cut them off completely, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's been a journey and EMDR was a huge, huge game changer for me. I mean, with my mental health, even, you know, just thinking through how do you do that? And, you know, the basics of EMDR is it, it's a talk therapy. There's no like medications involved or it's not hypnosis. It's not anything like that. Um, and it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So it's an acronym EMDR and it's extensively researched. It's huge, huge, huge when it comes to PTSD. Um, but it also can help with like any kind of trauma or, you know, anxiety, depression, panic, the list goes on and on. And you can find um, information about EMDR, you know, it's, it's huge. Okay. So it's just a talk therapy and, and really to break it down and make it a simple thing for people to understand would be to almost pretend that your, your mind has boxes, right? You mm -hmm. store things in boxes. And when you experience trauma or something that upsets you or hurts you deeply during your day, you go to sleep at night. And when you enter REM sleep, the rapid eye movement, your brain is compartmentalizing and packing away these boxes. And those boxes contain memories. And they also contain feelings or like self mantras, like the thing that you told yourself during that moment. You know, so for me, like when I was a kid, it was like bad stuff would happen to me dealing with like, you know, whoever in my family. And it was always like, well, I'm helpless. I can't, I have to just sit through this experience, you know, whatever it was. And I couldn't change it. I just had to deal with it. And so, you know, growing up into an adult and even as an adult in my adult life, you know, um, experiencing triggers and, mm -hmm. you know, having these people in my life who would react in certain ways and it would bring back all of these horrible feelings. And I would feel physically like anxious, you know, like my chest would get tight. And I even just, if they weren't around it, I was just thinking about it, you know, like, cause I'm a reflector. So it's like this constant thing where I'm reflecting, reflecting. Whereas like some other people in, in my family are like, dude, that happened yesterday. Like, why are you still thinking about that? Because I'm, I want to be better and I want to grow beyond these experiences. I don't want them to keep happening. It's not, it's not a vicious cycle. It doesn't have to be, you can change it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, EMDR was huge because it's basically just, you know, where they go in, they, you kind of talk through memories and some of it can be painful because you're really kind of breaking it down. Like there were sessions where I was crying and, you know, just feeling, feeling all that rage and all that upset over again. But then there are pauses in the session and your counselor will kind of wave their fingers in front of your eyes and it's mimicking, you're following their fingers and it's mimic, mimicking that REM sleep state. And it almost creates a doorway for your brain to go into that room, grab that box and unpack it and separate mm -hmm. the memory from the feeling. And that's huge. So you're not really forgetting the memory you're just it's it's not associating itself with that feeling in your brain anymore yeah emdr what's fascinating about the process too is that i like to look at it so you have neural pathways in your brain and i look at it where what emdr does is it creates a track between the two where i look at it like your higher self your conscious brain 
which is the one that knows like all the good things that you want. And then you have your reptilian brain, you know, your subconscious, your ego, whatever you want to call it. And that's where all those the pain and the, the suffering and the trauma is stored. And what it, EMDR does it, it creates a neural pathway between, you know, your, your subconscious, your ego to your, you know, your higher self and your conscious brain. So then they, they can work together in harmony. So when you have a trauma or something that happens to you, as I said before, your body literally keeps score of it and it holds it mm-hmm. in. It puts it in that room. It puts it in that yep. box and it stores it. You see something that triggers. It could be anything from something floating in the air to a word or a person, anything that brings back that moment, your body instantly floods with all those emotions as if that particular incident is happening all over again. And you could just mm-hmm. see a butterfly and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, you're freaking out and you're like, what's wrong with me? But that's, <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally- It's so true though. That's what it is. Yeah. So then what EMDR does is it goes in there and it actually, the, the memory still stays. It's not like you can ever take that away. But the feelings and the emotions and the overwhelm and the stress that floods your body can be released. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so cool about the process of it is that I remember asking my therapist, I'm like, is this going to make it go away? She's like, no, it doesn't make it go away. It just makes it so much easier to live. Yeah. I was like, oh, and then when you see and you see something like, oh, that's a thing that just happened to me, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it really is just about deciding on the things that are traumatic to you, what are your triggers? Um, And, you know, your counselor can help you with that. You know, like for me, I had, when my counselor told me what my trigger was after two sessions, I was blown away. Like she broke it down for me and I was like, no way. And she's like, yep, that's your trigger. And we're going to hone in on that thing for a number of sessions to really, really dive in. And, you know, they, kind of assess you on a number scale. And so she would say like, when you think about this thing, you know, what is your number? What is it right now? Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, I was at like an eight or a 10, you know, like it was really, I mean, I was physically like, even just trying to explain to her how I felt about the situation was exhausting. I I would have to stop. It was like, my chest was so tight. I couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. I would have to take breaks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the end of EMDR, it was like a one, a zero, you know, week after week after week. And it was like this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm free. I'm like liberated. Like you don't, your memories don't change. It's just, it makes it so that you don't feel those horrible feelings tied to these memories anymore. And it really is such a liberating experience, you know? It's like, oh, this is a thing that happened to me. This is a memory that I have. It wasn't the best memory, but oh well. You know, you can just kind of move on. And that's what really pulling everything together is that when you create that space, so not only did you go in and say essentially an unpack, like, okay, I figured out what's going on with my nutrition and my overall like internal health, you know, the the physical health, but then once you dive into the mental health and you kind of put it all together, it's just so powerful to see that. I'm creating so much more space. You're literally unpacking that room. You're taking the Mm -hmm. skeletons out of the closet and you're creating space for you to be able to be present, be mindful, live your life and feel your feelings and kind of navigate through things. I can, I'll openly admit, and I'll go into another episode about this, but I disassociated my whole life. I had a lot of deep, dark trauma and I will get into that in a different episode, but I've been through a lot. So for me, 
disassociating was my go-to. Through MDR, I realized I was disassociating all day, every day. I would go in there and be like, why can't I remember anything from my childhood? Good, bad, nothing. And then I realized, oh, I just disassociated my entire life. It wasn't until wow. I was in my 30s, I realized, holy crap, this is what I've been doing. But now that I don't disassociate, now that I'm not hiding from my fears and insecurities and my trauma, I'm able to be present. I'm able to watch my son play and just watch him move around and just the smile it brings to my face just to see him get excited about things. It's so magical. Those were things I couldn't see before. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't see. I was blind to it because I was so lost in my head of my trauma and my crap. The -hmm. more you take care of yourself, the more you clean it out, the better you feel. Like across the board, you're not going to go emotionally and go in the cupboard and eat your food and try to feel better. You're not going to do those things. You're just going to live life and love it. Yeah. And one tie back to like the physical thing too, is I feel like with mine, when I was going through all these stresses, I was eating to cope. I was an Mm -hmm. emotional eater. And the more time in my day that I was, I was riding on those high waves of stress, I was eating you know, and it, it definitely played a role in like weight gain for me and just struggling with my, my body image in general, um, was realizing the connection there between the mental and the physical and how, you know, you think like, oh, it's just stress. Well, but look what it's doing to you. Look what it's doing to your day. You know, like you had mentioned, you know, being able to see your son happy. And, and like, for me, it was like, wow, I'm, I'm eating to cope with all this stress. And in actuality, it's not even stuff that I need to feel. I don't need to feel this stress. I don't need to, you know, sit here and pine over and over and over again about these situations that happen. And the reason why I was doing that is because I wanted to change them. But you need to understand that when you're working with interpersonal, family dynamic, any sort of friendship, anything, you cannot control that other person. And the minute you understand that you are only a part of that equation, you are not the entire equation. When you understand that you are a part, then the solution changes completely. You can't change that situation. You can't change that interaction. What can you change? You can change your boundaries, your emotional boundaries. You can change your social boundaries, how often you see or talk to that person. Mm -hmm. And then you can change your emotional, just dealing with it, you know, tell yourself, this is a situation. This is the way it happened. How am I going to cope with it? You know? And so I think that, you know, that's a great example of how everything just ties together. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to be alive during this time and be a human and just all the moving pieces that go into it. But the more and more you realize and see that where we're at in life and what we've been through is, it's our story and it's your journey. And if you're at a place right now where things are really hard and you're really stressed out and you're crying all the time and you feel like a victim and things just suck, that's okay because you don't have to stay there. Today yeah. could be the first day of the rest of your life. Break you that really, cycle. You can break the cycle right here, right now, and just mm-hmm. step into that life that you want. And you just start enjoying the journey of life. It's so beautiful. And it's the more that you just give yourself permission to step back and be the observer looking in at your life and see all the beauty that you have. 
count your blessings. Look at that gratitude. Get that journal out. Write about all the things that you're grateful for. Really just switch how you view and see the world and it won't be as bad. And just get in there and clear out and create that space for the, the most abundant, beautiful, fulfilling, luxurious life that you want is right there at arm's mm-hmm. reach. You just have to say, today's the day that I want to start the rest of yep. my life. Yes. Definitely. I agree with that a hundred percent. And it, it is those small changes and it is that tiny step forward in the right direction each day. You know, if you, if you step in the right direction each day, even just one step, we'll turn around and look after a month, you've taken 30 steps from where you were, you know? And I think that it's so important to acknowledge your own progress. You know, don't dismiss it because it wasn't enough that day or don't dismiss it because you feel like it wasn't where you wanted to be. You didn't meet that small goal. Well, adjust your goals, you know, let, let yourself say, I, I did make some progress and I'm going to make some more tomorrow. Don't just say, oh, I didn't, oh, I screwed up today. I'm such a failure, no. you know, it's so don't talk to you. yourself that way. Have more no. respect, have more self-love. Yes. And that's the thing is, you know, said like, especially, you know, when it comes to making to-do lists and getting that stuff together and you realize you only check two things off out of the five, you know what? You still check two things off. Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up because you didn't get everything done. You still got something done. You still got up and got out of bed. You still, you know, moved around and navigated through your day. You still went to work and you did the things and talked to the people. You still did yep. something. Yeah. That know? self-talk is so important. Yeah. So at, all right, guys, it's just, you got to love yourself. You got to have compassion. You got to have grace and just say, you know what? I'm starting today. It, it's time, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention too, was that if you feel like EMDR or reaching out to a pref- professional is something that you might want to do, you know, if you have any feelings that are overwhelming you right now, or you feel like your stress is causing you physical symptoms, then I want you to consider reaching out to somebody, you know, mental health, you know, my, my counselor would always tell me, and I think it's so true. She would always say it's the strongest ones that actually get the help. The weak ones, they just cope in their own ways and they hurt people around them. They hurt themselves, you know, so you can definitely go on psychologytoday.com and do a search for a therapist and you can even funnel it into like looking specifically for someone who, who practices EMDR. Yeah. And I need to take it even further with psychology today. You literally can go on the site and say, okay, I want one 10 miles from your zip code. I'm looking for non-religious or religious. I'm looking for a male or female, somebody that specializes in PTSD or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like there's so many filters that you can put in there to find exactly what you want. There are therapists that are out there that will work on a sliding scale. If you feel like, oh, I don't have enough money, they'll work with you. There's just, they want you to get better. And that that's what this is really about. And that's, we want to just hit home for you guys is that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to admit that you need help because everybody started somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just want to hit home with that. It's a journey. Talk about so much that we did talked about today. That's exciting. So much good stuff, Mel, really just so much. And I, I'm just so excited for, you know, to share all of this out with, with people and listeners. I think it's just really important for everyone to understand that like, it's okay to talk about this stuff, you know? Absolutely. And I just, one other thing I want to throw out there is where can our listeners find you online? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a maker. I do many different things. Uh, I have a website, daliagene.com. And I think you'll put this in the show notes probably. Yeah. Um, and I have an Instagram, 
Daily Jean Designs. Uh, I have a Facebook under the same name, Daily Jean Designs, so you can find me. I, I do all kinds of stuff. I'm a painter. I make all kinds of different little goods and gifts for like nature lover, animal lover, stuff like that. I do um, commissioned portrait work via watercolor, which I love. Um, and then I also have my book, Be Still Love Nature, which is my debut children's book. It's published this year. I'm super excited and proud of it. Um, and the last thing is I'm going to be working on starting my own podcast with my pal Rose. And it's going to be just about living life through the lens, you know, viewing things through the lens of a learner. It's called Float On. And you can find more information at floatonpodcast.com. Oh, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. And I really hope that we've been able to touch people's hearts and be here to help them and, you know, really listen to what's going on. So yes, thank you. Thank you. It was thank so you. much fun, Mel. I know. So, all right, guys, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you love what you heard, please leave me a review and share this episode with someone you feel may benefit. For more inspiration, join the conversation with me on Instagram at planahead.co. There you will find a link in my bio to my free mindful and meal prep guide that'll kickstart your wellness journey today. Until next time, remember, even through your hardest days, we are all made of stardust.